Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. and welcome back to Ladies Who Law School podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Haley. And a quick word from our sponsors. So you guys know BarCast Audio as, you know, the seven MB subjects, uh, podcasts like audio lessons, right? Well, guys, now you can get each individual subject a la carte. So you can get contracts, you can get Civ Pro, you can get Crim Law, you can get evidence in Con Law by itself. Yes, guys, use the code LADIES, L-A-D-I-E-S, at checkout to get 10% off any of the BarCast audio subjects. With that, you will not only get the audio lectures, flashcards, and workshops, but you will also get the attack sheets. Guys, this is perfect if you're taking a summer class right now, or maybe you're thinking, I just want to get ahead. This is your opportunity to do a little listening and a little learning with BarCast Audio. So you guys, I'm really excited about this sponsor, um, Angela Vorpal. So she was on our podcast late last year, and she talked about how to position yourself for a job in big law and kind of what that process looks like. So definitely check that episode out. We'll link it below. But anyway, she's a former big law associate herself, and she graduated in the top 1% of her law class. Mm. I know, right? And now she's a full-time law school strategy coach, and she teaches law students all the techniques and actions to basically master your time, craft a study strategy to get top grades, and land your first job out of law school because that's what we all want, right? Mm -hmm. So she's putting on a free, emphasis on free, 1L Masterclass for anyone who is headed into law school this cycle. So you're probably wondering, what's in this free masterclass? It will cover the three biggest mistakes 1Ls make that prevent them from hitting their ambitious grade goals. And she's including her signature three-part framework to help you correct those mistakes and compete for top grades. So if you guys are looking to cut through the confusion and uncertainty that is 1L, and really show yourself what you're capable of, be sure to check out Angela's free 1L Masterclass. But man, Samantha, I wish that there was something like this when we would have started law school because it would have been so nice to not only know what to expect, but how to consistently get an A 
As you know, I haven't made one yet, so maybe I need to join this class too. It's just such a tough thing to go through law school, so don't do it by yourself and make sure and join Angela at her free masterclass. To sign up, the link will be below, but in case you're just, you know, want to do it right now, it's www.1l, that's a uh, number one letter L, masterclass.com. Samantha, why don't you tell them a little bit about our guest, Miss Lauren? So as many of you know, I have been interning at a firm here in Oklahoma City this summer and one of the associates, she's about three years out of law school. She's awesome. And she was the first person that I went up to that one day when, um, remember I told you guys like, I really was like fangirling on this firm. Like I went up to her and I was like, Hey, do you want to be on the podcast? This is like back in March. Like I've been finessing this for a long time. So we're really excited to have this episode out for you guys. She has great advice on the bar exam, studying and just like being a badass woman attorney. So yeah, we're really excited to welcome Lauren. Welcome our guest, Ms. Lauren Lanahan. Is it Lanahan? Uh, Lanahan. Yeah. Lanahan. There we yeah. go. Nobody Lauren, gets it right. You're fine. <laughs> Lauren Lanahan. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, so I'm originally from Northeast Kansas. I came from a family with no attorneys in it. I just kind of spur of the moment decided I wanted to go out of state. Thankfully, my mom went to OU um, and kind of pushed that on me a little bit. Uh, She took me to one OU football game, and that's how I ended up in Oklahoma. It didn't take a lot. Uh, (laughs) After that, you know, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Thankfully, ended up in law school, and now I'm here in Oklahoma City and never left, and that's pretty much it. Not a lot to it. Perfect. So let's go back to your pre-law journey. So when was the first time that you really started thinking, okay, I think I want to go to law school? Like, was that in college or? So I think every girl, especially millennial girls, had that moment of, I want to be a lawyer as soon as I saw Legally Blonde. I was definitely that little girl, the pink notebooks, the fluffy pens. um, I'm going to Harvard Law. You know, those things change as you start to, you know, age and develop and went to high school and, and being a lawyer wasn't on my radar. Yeah. Uh, went to OU, still not on my radar. Uh, yeah. My freshman year of college, I was actually a history major. I took, unfortunately, <laughs> an upper division history class at OU, and it absolutely kicked my butt. Yeah. I did fine. I passed, yeah. you know, um, but it was a lot different than I thought it was going to be. I had this like grand idea that like history was going to be amazing and I was going to be a museum curator one day. Yeah. Um, had that moment of, oh, wait, this isn't right. So somehow I became a physics major for a semester. <laughs> Sounds terrible. Yeah. So I took physics one, fell in love because I had to take a science class, um, did really well. I was like, yeah, this is great. Like I'm going to be a physicist. I don't, I don't know anyone who's a physicist today, so that's, you know, you don't really think about it that much. Took physics two, sat down with my professor. I was like, what can I do? And he was like, well, you can research. And I was like, oh, like, there are no, like, practical jobs for physicists. And he's like, well, you can be an optometrist. My dad's an optometrist. 
Um, oh. I did not want to be an optometrist. <laughs> I feel like, I guess this is why I enjoy this so much. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's not what I wanted to hear. Yeah. Um, so after that, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I was scrambling, trying to find a major, uh, I actually ended up graduating with a women and gender studies degree, which I loved every second of it. Uh, yeah. My Actually, my first class, the first day at OU was my intro to women and gender studies class. And I just thought it was going to be a fun minor that I took with me and it became something more. Yeah. But of course, you know, with that degree, my parents were like, hey, um, what are you going to do? Which I will say, I get in fights with people on the internet about this all the time. Um, the, women and gender studies degrees are super valuable. You can do yes. a lot with them. Yes. I just happen to go to law school. I think that's totally a route, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah it's it's great. The, especially just having that concept of like understanding other people and their backgrounds and intersectionality and how that works with your clients. It's super helpful. But my parents were like, hey, you got to figure out what you're going to do because... This, this isn't going to work. Yeah. I randomly got hooked up with an internship at a child advocacy center. If you don't know what those are, um, it's pretty much a center where children who may or may not have been sexually or physically abused have a safe place to disclose. So I ended up with an internship at Lifehouse in Topeka, Kansas uh, when I was home for the summer. And I watched my first forensic interview and had like a moment of clarity. Yeah. I mean, it's a really dark, awful thing to watch, but I realized like these kids need representation. Like yeah. they need someone there for them. So that was the moment I was like, I'm going to law school. And I worked for Oklahoma Lawyers for Children for a long time. Um, and I really thought I was going to be a juvenile lawyer. Little did I know that wasn't going to happen, but yeah. So that, that's kind of how I got there. It just, you know, was a really weird roundabout way where a little me wanted to be a lawyer, yeah. gave that up, um, and then rediscovered it in a really random way. Well, I think everything happens like it's supposed to. I think probably yeah. you had to go through, like, you know, being Some, an almost optometrist for, like, five seconds to yeah. realize, like, like, okay, what do I want to do? You the know? realization, right? Yeah. yeah. That moment of, oh, like... This the, is what I was supposed to do. This, this is, is my path. path. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of people, they have that in law school, too. Yeah, I mean, totally. Of like, oh, yeah, that's right. Or it gets solidified little by little. I can totally relate to that. Absolutely. It's also funny that you talk about Legally Blonde because I was doing a little research and we are on the cusp of millennials, right? And I realize how many women, really, that is true. And I just want to keep Legally Blonde alive. So I need Reese Witherspoon <laughs> to keep it alive for the younger generation, you yeah. know? Because, gosh, she's such an inspiration. Like, so many of us were like, oh, just the confidence. I think oh, ultimately, yeah. overall, what, like, it's hard. Like, I'm going to go to law school. I'm going to be a lawyer and I'm going to be badass. Like, I mean, that's what it was. I mean, even now, like, when you go into court, like, you don't really see a lot of women in, like, a pink suit. Like, I did see one girl in a lilac suit the other day and it was really cute. But, like, I even feel sometimes, like, oh, Nervous. I would love to, like, go to court in a pink suit. But you just can't, like, in this time, yeah. you know, yeah. still. It, well, and it's weird, especially things like that. I mean, I have a bright red suit mm -hmm. that I love. Mm -hmm. I never wear it to court. I wear it to depositions. I'll wear it to meetings. But it's one of those things, like, still, like, you feel like you can't express yourself yeah. in the courtroom, um, which kind of feels... 
I mean, it's yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't make the courtroom a fun place um, to work, I guess, as much. But no. and I feel like the men men, you know, they wear suits, but they can express themselves with like ties and stuff. And like women really don't get a they lot also, of opportunities to like express themselves with workwear, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. I think we just get nervous of what some judges might say, right, that's the ultimate person you're trying to impress other than maybe a jury. And I can understand why you wouldn't want to wear your red suit in front of the jury if you were representing, I don't know, like, criminal, you know? Yeah. You might be, like, sending the wrong message. But... In a civil suit, you know, maybe you look awesome in it. Maybe that's your impressive move, right? I think sometimes we just have to have, oh, it's scary, but you have to just step out there and do it. You know what I'm saying? And we have to encourage each other. And the more and more of us that say, no, do it, do it. I know, but there's a lot of people that say, like, don't. Yeah, exactly. We'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers, Audible. Yes, Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. Speaking of thrillers, I know you are currently hooked on Never Lie by Frida McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go, whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. So if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. And I think a lot of it, older attorneys take a lot of issues with it, which, I mean, I see a lot of young male attorneys in very flashy suits. That's what Mm -hmm. I was going to say. And I love it. Yeah. I love it. I think they look incredible. And I, you know, I wish I was, and I think that also comes with being a young female attorney. Yeah. Um, You know, you kind of have to gauge, you know, where the respect level is going to be. Oh, absolutely. um, Which is unfortunate and it shouldn't be that way. Um, but I mean, I've gone into court with purple hair. Um, I dyed my hair purple. Um, I was pretty much every color under the sun during law school. And I had a moment, uh, where I was just like, you know what, I'm going to be purple again, uh, while practicing. And honestly, I got more like weird looks and conversations about me in bigger counties than I did in tiny counties. Most of them didn't care. I never had a judge in a tiny county say anything to me about it. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of it is like maybe maybe we aren't going to have the reaction we think we're going to have, yeah. but it's been so ingrained in us through law school and through older male attorneys that like 
you have to dress this way, you have to look this way, um, when I don't think that's really the case, which is no. unfortunate. But yeah. we have that, like, fear, especially, I think, as young female lawyers, of, like, rejection and judgment, um, which is unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, I there is one judge, right, that mm-hmm. is in our courthouse who, like, you have to wear pantyhose. Well, it's been well, rumored that he'll call you out. Yeah, say, it's just he, like, well, it. the thing is, even if it's or just he, a rumor, why is that a rumor? Because right? you're making people feel uncomfortable. Sorry. Exactly. It's true. And I just think, honestly, my best advice and my only thing I can say for myself what I would be like in my office where I work currently, right? I think to myself, if I showed up in a red suit, I better look fire, right? <laughs> okay, so that's we're going to lay out the line. So if you put it on and you're like, this is not the vibe, I get it, you know? But it doesn't mean that it's still not there for that moment. Like there's something to be said about a closet full of beautiful clothes that are for moments, especially as lawyers, especially as badass lady lawyers. Like one day you're going to have that trial and you're going to have to wear something that's going to look fire. You know what I'm saying? And it's not just going to be one day. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You argue in front of the Supreme Court, what are you going to wear? You know what <laughs> oh I'm saying? Gosh. Like things like that you think about. Okay. What would you wear? And I think of, okay. Olivia Rodrigo was wearing this beautiful tweed Chanel suit. Oh, that suit was dropped out gorgeous. I was like Googling, dropped like, where to get fake Chanel suit? <laughs> <laughs> How do I get those buttons? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that on my tweed suit. Yeah, exactly. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh. Okay. I love the vibe, Olivia Rodrigo. You're my Gen Z girl right now, you know? And let's keep the vibe up. Let's keep pushing it and wear these things and play on the line of things. That's why tweed is so big, I think, too, and what we wear, because it's like a step up. You know what I'm saying? It's a little bit nicer than just certain types of suit, and men don't wear tweed, do they? No. Mm-mm. They don't. But it, it's But they classic. do wear a seersucker. Oh, I've seen it. that. I have a seersucker suit. See, I'm it saying if, if you can wear a seersucker, we can wear, we can go, so we can branch out. They you don't like it? Oh, no. you do? No, I should. love yeah. that seersucker suit. It is so comfortable and breathable. The only thing is like, because it's linen, like you yes. are always wrinkled. That's really unfortunate. With tweed, you don't have to worry about that. No, that's true. That's so, true. But linen, like, yeah, there's nothing like it. I love linen suits, but yeah, and you never look good by the time you get up to a judge in them. So <laughs> you're like, it's just not going to work. <laughs> yeah, right? you're just like, I'm a wrinkled mess. All right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, so when you were in law school, what was that experience like? So I had, I think, a strange law school experience. Okay. It was great. So most people, I think, when they talk about law school are like, oh, it was the worst three years of my life. Yeah. I loved law school. So I think my story is maybe a little different. No, I mean, tell us all about it. (laughs) There's going to be people out there who are like, yes, I've been waiting for Um, this. Yeah, I definitely, I tell people I would do it over and over again. Um, You are crazy. (laughs) No, yeah, people tell me that all the time. Um, So I actually started at OCU by doing the Summer Start program, which my biggest recommendation for anyone um, going to law school is that if your program has a summer start program or a one-time class in the summer, that you can kind of test the waters, do it. Mm -hmm. That was the best thing I did, I think, for my self-confidence going into law school. Yeah. So I did the summer start program. I loved it. Took criminal law as my first class. um, Did very well, um, thankfully. And it it just progressed from there. I think building that confidence was super important for me. And then I I did really well. Um, And I know, like, for me, I always told myself, like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. 
But I also like, I think everybody struggles. Everybody has those like moments of is, can I do this? Yeah. Thankfully, like I had a great experience. I had professors who really cared. I had, you know, a group of friends that at the very beginning, also that I was going to say, what do you think made you do so well in that first initial summer class? You know, what do you say to someone who's maybe in their initial summer class and isn't doing so well? Yeah, and struggling. Um, The biggest thing I think especially is talk to your professors. I do not think enough law students talk to their professors. In college, like, that's so, like, especially later in college, I think a lot of people build really good relationships with professors they've had over and over. And I feel like in law school, students don't take the time to get to know their professors or, like, reach out to them outside of the classroom. So do that. Do that. Okay. Um, any study materials or things that are available to you, mm-hmm. use them. Use like, so, the resources. You know, I've heard some people tell people, like, don't use supplements and don't use XYZ. Don't use Quimby. Like, is that a myth or should you be using it right off the bat? Oh, I mean, I used it all of law school. Yeah. I have no shame. Like, I yeah. use supplements. No shame. Also, just ask for help. I think that's also like a huge fear, especially as super, the majority of law students are super type A. Yes. They don't want to ask for help. Yes. Ask for help. But swallow the pride. Yeah. Yeah. Ask for help. There are resources for you, I guarantee you, at your school, whether you're at OCU or elsewhere. There are resources for you. You just have to seek them out. And I think that's the problem is that people don't seek them out. Yeah. I've had, you know, this like hard time where I realized like my, law school friendships didn't develop the way a lot of other people's did Mm -hmm. Um, because I know that's usually a big answer for people like what got you through law school it was like the friends I met in law school Mm -hmm. so my 1L year after um, it ended we came back for our 2L year I only had one person left from my study group what what happened (laughs) Um, so we had several people who just didn't survive 1L year, which is normal. I mean, yeah. there are people who this was not for them. It was not the right path. Yeah. But we also had several people from my group transfer to other schools, which was like pretty disheartening. Yeah. And a lot of us didn't even realize that if it, like that was happening until we got back to school. It was like, oh, actually, I transferred to Tulsa or I transferred to OU. It's always like a secret, I feel like. And yeah, it comes that out. like nobody wants to share that like yeah. they're leaving. And like I have like no ill feelings about that. I'm like, yeah, great. Like this wasn't working for you. You found something else that did. OCU worked for me. Yeah. It worked for me. I loved it. I, I love that place. So nice. So whenever you were in law school, what activities did you participate in? And We'll be right back. Are you a Caribbean American? Are you looking for a podcast that truly speaks to your culture and identity? Look no further than Carry On Friends, the ultimate destination for all things Caribbean American. Hosted by me, Carrie Ann. Dive deep into topics such as culture, heritage, and everyday life through the unique lens of the Caribbean American experience. You'll walk away feeling more connected to your roots. Follow and listen on Apple Podcasts so you'll never miss an episode of Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American experience. Your Caribbean American community awaits. So I really wanted to talk about this today because I think it's pushed on way too many law students. Yeah. I loved law review. I will say that. I was deep into law review. Like, absolutely loved it. It is not for everybody. Yeah. 
Law review should not be pushed on everyone. Yeah. It should not be an expectation. Okay. Um, and I think it's unfortunate that so many law students think they have to do that to succeed. So true. You do not need to do law review to succeed. The skills I gained through law, like law review, That's very, 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 very helpful. And I get it because, okay, obviously I'm a person who came into law school like, I want to be the best at everything, so I'm going to be on law review. And it's like, okay, <laughs> that didn't happen for me. But I wonder what are those skills, right? For someone who isn't on law review and, you know, probably isn't going to do that, what are those skills that you gained that, you know, maybe I can work on outside of that and, ha- you know, whenever... What kind of stuff do you do in law review? Yeah. So, yeah, the biggest thing that I think that kind of put me over the edge, like that law review, I think helps people like learn is proper grammar, how to actually write and how to actually do citations. Um, My first like real job, (laughs) I felt so bad for my boss. Um, He wrote a brief and handed it to me. It was like my first or second day. Yeah. Handed me a brief and was like, hey, can you just like run through this and edit it before we file it? I was like, yeah, no big deal. Cause like, you know, I didn't have any like real projects or anything yeah. yet. And uh, I started going through it and I marked up all of his citations and I felt really bad about it afterwards. Um, Cause I mean, I was like, this is not correct. And like gave him all of the rules because that's what we do in law review. You will look at a citation, you give every rule for why it's wrong, and you correct it. And a lot of attorneys I learned um, while I was interning don't appreciate that. Um, We really don't like to be told that we're wrong. I would love that. (laughs) I don't know. These people need to get over it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, a lot of times I think attorneys don't like to be told they're wrong. Teach me so I can learn. Yeah, and now I feel like I definitely feel... Like, I was kind of an a-hole about it. Um, <laughs> okay. Like, sometimes it happens. I sometimes you just have to do it. Yeah. But um, a lot of grammar, too. I think... Yeah. I don't think legal writing is as intuitive as yeah. people think it should be for... Especially young lawyers. It's just... It's not an intuitive thing. And so, like, building those skills of, mm-hmm. like, actual proper writing and proper citations, which in state court, not as big of a deal. Um, I don't think it's, like as important. When you're working in federal court, those judges want to see professional, perfect work. They do. And yeah. so I think those skills really helped me. And to just analyzing um, in a different way and also like looking back and finding the citations that someone used and making sure that it actually says what it says. The bulk of the time, if you were just on law review staff and you're not an editor or um you know, a distinguished member, which is what I was, which is just a fancy word for I did extra stuff that members couldn't do, Mm -hmm. is that you have to go find every citation, everything that is cited in a law review article, that citation gets pulled and double-checked to make sure that what is said in that article is said in your citation. Like they literally go to the line paragraph page. Yes, it gets highlighted, you print it out, you highlight it, you put it in a binder. Um, so that you can double check that they are saying the thing they are saying is true. I mean, it is the ultimate form of fact checking, which also like it's in like, the world we're living in right now has been wonderful. Cause I'm just like, no dog, that's not what that says. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, no, that's not what that says. Um, so I think, and I don't think enough attorneys do that. Yeah. They don't we go, don't do that. they don't pull cases that the other side has cited and make sure that they say those things. Because I can guarantee you, and it's mm. happened to me many times, 
they don't say that. Oh yeah, I can I have an example. So please share. This Lauren is amazing. Lauren was able to read over one of um, my briefs that I wrote, okay. and I I think it was for this one. Mm-hmm. I used a case that the other side used, and I was like, "You guys totally miss." understood what this case was even about like it actually works for our side you know Mm -hmm. and like if I hadn't double checked what they had you know I read through what they were saying and they were just lying so yeah I mean no one will check it and you're like JK I will Mm -hmm. yeah that's usually honestly one of the first things I do when I yeah when you get a brief um in from the other side pull their citations it takes time, and I know it's frustrating, especially if you're on, like, a short deadline. Yeah. That can seem like something that you don't want to waste your time on. Tedious it, task. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I should be researching my issues and finding cases that support me. Mm-hmm. The cases they're citing may not support them. They may support or, you better. Mm-hmm. You just don't know it because you're not taking the time to read them. Yeah, and, like, maybe that's exactly what you need, so they almost did your work for you, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I Absolutely. think it, Law Review taught me a lot of things, but the most beneficial one was that. Go read the other side stuff. Make Beautiful. sure it actually says I love what that. it says. So let's say you can't be on Law Review and you want to learn how to do all these things. What can someone do on their own to kind of learn how to cite? Like just read the blue book or yeah. do, Honestly, you know, what are some yeah. things that Law Review people do? You um, know? I mean, as a lot of people will attest to, my blue book is pretty disgusting looking at this point. I have thumbed through it and I've read the entire blue book probably at least three or four times um, over the course of, you know, law school and afterwards. Get to know your blue book. Like just get to know it, get familiar with it. The things that you use a lot, tab. Yeah. Um, in law school, I mean, we were citing journal ar- articles like all the time, right? So I had tabs for every kind of journal article. And yeah. I think, I don't know, I know a lot of people did that like when they took LRW, when you yeah. had to do the blue mm-hmm. book test. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people, they do that and then they never look yeah, at it again. Yeah, they never, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, okay, so what, yeah. Get I mean, familiar I'm, with it. Yeah. Get comfortable with it. Okay, get comfortable with it. And then let's say we try to go check a brief. You know, a lot of, I know, at least in my office, they pull like straight from Lexis or Westlaw, right? Like, what do you do then? Most of them are always what I think is right. Do you, you know, do you just check every single one, like you said, and print it out and see where it's from? And yeah, I mean, that's some it, work you could do. Yeah, that's work you can do. Yeah. And then, actually, you know, I think we're taught, like, not even taught, you hear the word shepherdizing, I think, all the time in law school, but nobody really teaches you yeah, how to do what, it. Okay, yeah, yeah, what, is, what is that? Because uh, someone at the office asked me, like, you know, shepherdizing. I was like, yeah. I was like, so, I know. Yeah, yeah, so pretty much when you're shepherdizing, which you have to do in law review, too, um, every time you have a case, is which I will say, I love Westlaw. I, it's my preferred research source. I love it. But their shepherdizing is awful. Um, Pretty much every case has negative treatment. So every case has like a little yellow flag, you know, if it has the red flag, like, please stay away from that case. Um, (laughs) Like yellow flag, you're a lot of times you're just like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's fine. It's still good law. You don't know that. Yeah. Unless you're actually taking the time and looking at that negative treatment. I will say Lexus has a way better way to shepherdize because they literally have like a shepherdizing page. It's yeah. just like, here's how, like how these cases interpreted this case. Yeah. Um, so like you need to look at that. Make sure you actually have good law because the thing you're citing may not actually be good law and you don't know it. Yikes. So take, take the time. Yeah. I, it can be really frustrating. I'm pretty sure a brief 
I just wrote has some bad law in it that I got to double check on Monday because I started thinking about it more today because my brain doesn't turn off. But it's one of those things that you need to double check those things. And I know it's tedious. I know it's time consuming and people don't want to do it, but you're going to be a better writer for it. Yeah. And that's, that's why I, you know, the practice I'm doing, like I'm researching writing. Yeah. I don't really enjoy being in the courtroom. It's not really for me. Yeah. I do it. Yeah. Um, but I'm way better on paper yeah. <laughs> than I'll ever be in front of a judge. Like, I know that. And yeah. a lot of times I feel like I get so frustrated when I write a beautiful brief and then I have to go argue it. And I'm like, but I but I wrote it. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's like, there. Just read it. It's beautiful. Like, I, there are tabs. Like, sometimes when I write a really big brief and there's, like, tabs and beautiful. I'm just like, it is in a beautiful binder for you. For you. With tabs. And highlights. Just like, please. Just like, <laughs> yeah. Just look at it. So, like, it, it can be frustrating as, like, a research and writing-based lawyer to be in the courtroom sometimes because of that. Yeah, because it, not always do the judge do their homework, you know? Yeah. Sometimes and, they don't. Yeah, and you do have to, and they expect you to just argue it and regurgitate it, and that can be difficult, especially yep. for someone who doesn't want to be in the courtroom, right? I think of, uh, I bet your firm loves the fact that you are good on paper because I know there's some people out there like me who would be like, yes, please be good on paper. I will learn everything from you and then I will argue it. Thank you. But that's awesome. So you are how many years out of law school? So I'm three years out. I graduated in 18 and then nice. took the bar July of 18 and thankfully passed and never had to experience that again. Fabulous. So I guess let's talk about the bar yep. for a second. Oh, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, bar exams in like two weeks for people. Yeah. So for anyone oh. listening, because this episode's coming out the week of the bar, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So oh, you poor babies. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you have to say to anyone taking the bar this week? And, um, you know, what did you do? So I was actually a Barbary rep, so I don't really have a lot um, of insight outside of Barbary. Okay. Um, I, Barbary worked for me. Um, I know it doesn't work for everybody. Even as a Barbary rep, I can say that. Like, Barbary does not work for everybody. Um, but if you are using Barbary, actually do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a problem is people think they can, like, click through Barbary and, like, because I think Barbary always has, like, a guarantee if, you, like, you complete a certain percentage of the program, you should pass. Um, but if you don't actually do the work and you're just clicking through it and, like, yeah, say, I, I don't know what the percentage is, but say you reach that percentage but you've just clicked through it, mm-hmm. you're not going to pass. You yeah. did not put in the work. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm seeing this a lot, too, which, like, everyone's talking about, oh, Kim K didn't pass the baby bar again. And I'm yeah. like... I'm like, but did did she put in the time? Which I'm. Does she know the material? Basically, do you know the material? Did you take the time to actually learn it? Like, you can't just sit for you know ten, twelve hours and expect to pass the bar. No, like that's it, it, that's not going to happen for you. There's a reason you have you know what two two and a half months to yeah. study, um, and, and I would, sometimes even longer. Yes. Yes. So I just, I think a lot of it is just putting in the work and then study the way also that works for you. Um, I have always been a flashcard person. That is my area. Like I love flashcards. Yeah. Um, I probably made over a thousand flashcards for the bar. So you did Barbary. Mm -hmm. And what does Barbary consist of? Like watching videos? 
So you're always going to have, um, you know, a, it's for the first however many weeks of Barbary, you're going to watch lectures. I've also told everyone that, you know, I'm close to that's taken the bar. Go watch those lectures. If they're live at your school, the professor who is like going to do the lecture, go see it live. Mm -hmm. Go see it live. You're going to get a lot more out of it and you can actively ask questions. Yeah. Um, And I think a lot of people did not do that. We had, I think, two different professors do live um, lectures for us when I was getting ready to take the bar. And the amount of people who did not show up for those days was astonishing to me. Wow. Um, And I can kind of understand wanting to watch the lectures at home Mm -hmm. when they're pre-recorded. You know, it's more comfortable and all that. But the day of the bar, you're not going to be comfortable. No. Mm -hmm. So being comfortable right now is not going to be helpful. Right, yeah. It's good to get out of your comfort zone and feel uncomfortable for a little while, and you're going to. Yeah. Um, But watch the lectures. Please watch them. I think a lot of people think they can, like, put them on two times speed and, like... (laughs) They're they're, just going to absorb it. Yeah, they're just going to, like, somehow get it, um, which I was like, that's not not how that works. Right. Like, you got to actually take the time to, like absorb the information and listen yeah take notes things like yes that. which you do get like a it's like a giant book yeah um i've seen people use it yeah they have the little like fill in the blanks yeah beautiful. Um, so you're gonna that. you're gonna have that I'm during like your lectures i'll be like i need <laughs> yeah guidance. which helps yeah. you yeah. kind of stay focused on lectures i watched every lecture i think except one mm-hmm. actually at the school at 8 a.m like on the big screen at OCU. It was time to go. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that also helps you get in a routine. So, like, I would get up and go. I had to be there at 8 a.m. or I was going to mix the lecture. Like, it helps, like, your body prepare for that of, like, getting up and doing the work early in the morning because I am – I was one of those people in law school. I would study till, you know, late at night. Oh, I would stay Mm -hmm. at the law school till 6 a.m. Yeah. And then go home and sleep for, you know, several hours and then get back up and go. And, like, your night out. Oh, yeah. 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 Which. So you got to adjust for the bar because the bar is in the morning. Yep. Uh, Starts at eight. So (laughs) you got to get up and like that. Even now, like I know I am my least productive. Same. From eight to 10 a.m. Yes. My brain does not fully function. That is like like, my respond to emails, make phone calls, um, you know, prep. For the daytime. What's going to happen today? Yeah. yeah like, I do not, which is also awful as an attorney, because so many times I have hearings at 9 a.m., and I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah. That well, adjusting is fine. important. Yeah. yeah. And especially, like, going from law school to the working world, I mean, it's yeah. it's an adjustment. Oh, yeah. Especially as someone who regularly called OCUPD to walk me to my car at, like, 4 a.m. Yeah. Uh, from the building. So that's that, just crazy. That is an adjustment then. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I've always been that way. I was yeah. that way in college. Like, I would rather stay up all night for a test and sleep for, you know, five hours, four hours, take it, and then sleep for, like, yeah. 12 hours. Yeah. Um, then, like, get up in the morning and, yeah, it's not going to happen. So that was that, like, kind of your finals thing? Like, for finals, you would just stay up really late and yeah. studying kind of? So I usually, for finals, um, and I think a lot of people thought it was weird that I only studied for the bar pretty much at the law school. When, yeah. for finals, I didn't study at the law school at all. Yeah. Like, at all, unless I needed to go ask questions of a professor or if there was, like, a review session or I was meeting with a group. Um, other than that, I studied at home because everyone in the library stressed me out. 
And also, I think everybody wants to talk about how anxious they are about a test. And I get it. Like, I definitely have an anxiety disorder. I've been on medication for it for a long time. Thank you, law school. (laughs) But, you know, actually, it was the LSAT that did it to me. But it's one of those things, like, I needed to just, like, be in my apartment alone and have some background noise and go to town. So I would usually, I would get up, and I know people are going to be, like, shocked by this. Like, oh, my God, she didn't start studying until, like, 10 30 11 a.m and i'm like yeah but then i would stay up till like three four in the morning yeah um but that just worked for me and it definitely doesn't work for everybody but that worked for me i would rather stay up super late prepping for a hearing um than you know get up and review a file in the morning like it's just not going to happen yeah absolutely and everyone's different you know yeah oh yeah everybody's study style is different and that's what another thing for the bar do what works for you. If some, there's something you've been doing all of law school that's worked. Don't stop doing that. Yeah, do not stop doing it just because of the bar. Yeah, like, that every, would be silly. Nobody, everybody would have told me making flashcards was stupid. It worked for me. Yeah. That's how I learned black letter law. Beautiful. Memorization over and over. Yeah. And also just writing them, writing it out mm-hmm. really Helps. was helpful for me. Yeah. So. so I'm curious about your post-grad job situation. I mean, I already kind of know it, but for everybody else, um, I want you to relate your internships to like, did you end up doing kind of what you were doing at your internships post-grad and like a little bit about that? So uh, my first internships, well, okay, back up a little bit. Like, as I said, I went into law school thinking I was going to practice juvenile um, after my first semester, it was one of the things that was like, oh, you're in the top. I'm not going to do mm-hmm. any of that, you know, today. But, oh, you're in this percentage of your class. Like, you need to be interviewing mm-hmm. and applying here, 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 and here. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, I'll do that. Not thinking that that was ever going to be something I wanted to do. I got pushed into a big law firm, um, which, I mean, I was excited about. It's yeah. a, if it's exciting yeah. to feel wanted. It's exciting Absolutely. Um, to think a big firm wants you, but if that's not something you want to do, don't waste your time. Yeah. Do you think it's like pushed on to students in that percentage that like this is what you should be doing? Yeah. It was very much pushed on me in a way that kind of looking back, I think was it, it wasn't for me. And it was unfortunate that it got pushed on me that way. And I wish I wouldn't have taken that route. But you know what? It, it happened. It all worked out yeah. for the best the way it is. But it was definitely, it was like, oh, well, you have the grades to do this. So you shouldn't be doing, you know, juvenile law mm-hmm. or working at legal aid or any mm-hmm. of those things. Like those things weren't like even presented as opportunities to me, which I didn't. I didn't appreciate, mm-hmm. I guess, um, especially as someone that really wanted to work in the public sector yeah. um, at the beginning. So I worked for a very, very big law firm my first summer, um, mostly doing, you know, memos, mm-hmm. mostly, you know, mm-hmm. your post 1L stuff. I then went to another decently large law firm doing insurance defense, which is what I do now. And I really enjoyed it. I got to do two federal trials yeah. um, and insist in those. I got to write motions in limine, which I didn't even know what that was until I got there. Yeah. Um, I got to do a lot more work, like actual work, which I think comes to with, you know, moving from your 1L summer to your 2L summer, you know what I mean? Yeah. Moving up. Yeah. You're moving up mm-hmm. and out. And then I had the moment of, oh, I don't have a job and like I'm getting ready to take the bar, which was super scary. And yeah. 
I started, I ended up in a teeny tiny law firm doing mostly collections work, mm-hmm. um, which is not something I ever thought I was going to do. And, but it taught me a lot about working with clients. I actually yeah. got to work with clients one-on-one. Interns don't get to do that. No. Interns don't meet clients. Mm-hmm. They don't talk on the phone with clients. They don't have those conversations, which I think involving interns more in that would be really helpful because I did not know how to interact with clients. Um, I think I, that's all I do. <laughs> thankfully, like I had a good customer service voice. Yeah. I worked in retail for a long time. It's helpful. But yeah, I mean, it's, I really, what I got exposed to as an intern is not something I ever actually did until now I'm doing insurance defense mm-hmm. again and it's kind of coming full circle. Yeah. Um, but definitely my first job, like I was pretty much, which we were a tiny law firm. It yeah. was a solo practitioner that brought me into his firm because he had so much work to do. Yeah. And I just kind of got thrown to the wolves a little bit. It was yeah. like, oh, here are all these collections mm-hmm. cases. Um, these ones have judgments. Start doing garnishments. I'm like, what? just like figure it out. What's a garnishment? Yeah. Like I, I was like, I don't. I've, I've never. All I've done is like big federal cases. Like I don't know what that is. You just kind of learn on the job. Yeah. yeah. You just kind of have to figure out which was great for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think learning by doing was helpful for me. I don't think that works for everybody. But Some yeah. people can't handle it, of mm-hmm. course. But yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for the fact that law school doesn't teach you everything. Your first internship is definitely not going to teach you everything. <laughs> you know, your second, third, so on might not teach you everything. And even after that, you might still be learning. You well, know? I think even when you have it's your practice. first attorney job, like you're still learning so yeah. much. Oh, every day. Like probably for the first, what, five years of your career, you're probably learning so much. Maybe even every, longer. Yeah, 10, even longer, yeah. you know? That's oh, why yeah. it's like practice, and that's why it takes time to like mm-hmm. build your own practice because it's Absolutely. like there's so much that even now, like I'm like, I don't know anything and I feel Same. like I should, but like I shouldn't because they're like, you shouldn't know this stuff at this but point. But I should, you know? but I shouldn't. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm three years out and I still every day I'm like, I don't know what this is. I'm I mean, learning you, something new. You learn something new every day. And I'm so, I'm so proud of mm. my law school classmates that are in their own firms and running solo right now. Mm-hmm. I know there is no possible way I have enough knowledge to do that. For some of them, they have been practicing what they've been practicing since they were in college, like working in law firms. Great for them. I didn't have that experience. Yeah. So, like, I know there is no way I could ever work on my own right now. Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, I'm constantly, you would know, I'm constantly in one of my boss's offices, like, just constantly asking him questions. I'm like, oh, well. That's how you learn. Yeah. And bouncing things off. Another, Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Everybody's yeah. so afraid to ask questions. Like, I'm afraid to ask questions. You can't be afraid. You have to ask questions. I know. Right? Okay, so Lauren, where do you see yourself at your 10-year mark? You know, where do you see yourself moving forward in your career? What do you want to do? Is there anything that, you know, you have your heart set on that you want to try? And, you know, obviously no one's going to hold your feet to the fire. But <laughs> <laughs> come back 10 years and be like, are you doing this? Yeah. But, you know, what, what do you want to do? You know, um, I always think that's such a weird question. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not like, no. yeah. Um, I think this question gets asked in interviews all the time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Especially for young lawyers, like, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you mm-hmm. self- see yourself in 10 yeah. years? Like, do you want to be a partner? All these things. Yeah. yeah. I can straight up say, I have no idea. Because oh, if you would have, if it's you would have asked me when right. I graduated, if I thought I'd be doing what I'm doing right now, absolutely not. The firm I work for now, I applied for their internship every summer. Yeah. 
I never got it. Never yeah. even got a phone call. <laughs> um, never even got asked to interview. And now I'm working for them. And they yeah. hired me so quickly. And they are wonderful to work for. And I yeah. love it. But if you would have asked me in law school if I'd be working for them when I got out, absolutely not. Yeah. I also would have never thought I'd be practicing insurance defense. I never thought I'd be doing working on personal injury cases. Yeah. I never thought I would have done a presentation to one of our biggest clients on dog bites, which I did recently. Yeah. Um, I'm now the dog bite person. If you get by, <laughs> you know, bit by a dog, please call me. <laughs> um, but like, those are things I never would have imagined I'd right? be doing. Yes. Um, so, know, so it's kind of open, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think as lawyers, like everyone's always, and especially because we're super Type A, generally, mm-hmm. yep. we're planners. Mm-hmm. And I am a planner, but I'm a short-term planner. Yeah. I've never been a long-term planner. It's yeah. just not. It's just not how my brain works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And which is weird for someone who's Type A. But I never would have expected to be where I am now. Um, three years ago, let alone ten years ago. Yeah. So it just doesn't. It's just not a question I think I can answer. Yeah, yeah. like who knows? It could be so many, so Options. many yeah. things. And I think so many people have these like five-year, ten-year goals, and when they don't reach them, they beat themselves up so hard over it. Yeah. And it's just, it's not something I want to put myself through. Yeah. Like it's just not. It's just not taking day by day. Yeah. yeah. No, Absolutely. really. Like I never would think I would be where I'm at now. So who knows where I'm going to be in five, ten years? Exactly. Um, you know, and I've really thought, like, maybe I'd go back and get an LLM at someday or, you know, right. one of these things and try to be more specialized or, you know, maybe try to teach. I don't know. Yeah. You know, those things are always in the back of my mind, but... Different they, different dreams, and you just kind of have to see what yeah. might come I think, into play. I think there's, like, a lot of things constantly floating in my ADHD brain, but, <laughs> um, you know, it's just one of those things, like, I don't want... I don't want to set myself up for failure in a weird way. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's like almost like if you speak it into existence. I always make a joke that, you know, oh, I'm going to do this. And then God's like, ha ha. (laughs) Yeah, laugh in your face. Right? No, you're like, you thought. Just wait for two years and then you'll see where you are. Like, I totally understand. Like, if you would have asked me when I graduated undergrad, I would have laughed that you would have said I would have been in law school right now. And so things just happen. But, you know, it's always just interesting to ask that question just also in the sense of like your goals and just intentions you know I mean that's so weird to say right but something for me is like I I did this to be my own boss you know I I came to law school because I wanted to learn a trade and I think that there's something to be said for you know all the different skills that you learn as a baby lawyer from different people like you're saying in your boss's office working at this firm different firms getting thrown to the wolves (laughs) like there's just something to be said about doing that stuff and how it teaches you and makes you grow. And you're just kind of like, I'm taking it day by day. Like you said, I'm just learning on the job. Well, and I think I've kind of, especially, uh, during COVID, I mean, we're still, please, you know, get vaccinated, do all your things. Um, I got put in a very precarious situation, unfortunately, which also I think has kind of affected my like trying to build a long-term plan. Um, during the course of COVID, um, in October of 2020, my uh, former boss came to me and let me know um, he was going to be moving to Colorado and that um, he was going to wrap up his cases and he was moving. And I had to kind of, you know, I went into full on panic survival mode, like, okay, I have to do these things to get a job. Um, And really was terrified because, I mean, I hadn't interviewed, you know, since law school and, you know, all those things like anxieties come and 
So I got placed in a situation where I was like, okay, the life that I was living and I thought I was going to live for, you know, the next few years. Yeah changed in a second Mm -hmm. and I of course too was getting ready to go on vacation um you know my my COVID vacation which consisted of we rented a trailer in the middle of nowhere outside of Santa Fe um and just like hung out for a few days which was great after finding out you're being laid off yeah um was like yeah you were like okay I just need to like sit in this airstream in Santa Fe and drink an entire bottle of wine and figure (laughs) out what I'm doing yeah Um, and I will say especially like for women, we have awesome resources, especially in Oklahoma for female attorneys. Um, girl attorney saved me. Yeah. Um, so I made an anonymous post on girl attorney that I was, you know, um, two years out. My firm was getting ready to transition. Um, did anybody know, you know, someone who was hiring, someone who's interviewing? Because especially October is mm-hmm. not a great time to look for a job. Yeah. Um, especially during a global pandemic. Yeah. yeah. So thankfully, you know, it, it turned out for the best. I, you know, I think it took maybe a couple hours. I had hundreds of women messaging me like, Hey, I know this firm is looking for somebody. Do you work in this practice area? Someone, mm-hmm. what you are know? you willing to do? Yeah. Things, what what yeah. do you want to do? What are, what are your plans? Like, you know, what do you like? Yeah. Um, and then I had um, someone reach out to me from Durban, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I Finally. To- like, it's, I happening. Was like, it's happening. I wanted to work for you for so long. Oh, my gosh. Like, Yeah. And, you know, a few weeks later, I had an offer, and I started in December. I wrapped up all my cases. Yeah. Um, man, withdrawals suck. It's not fun, like, especially mm-hmm. when you are working, like, a hundred collections cases mm-hmm. and then you're oh, wow. like oh no it's a lot of work yeah yeah which everybody's like oh yeah it'll be so fast it's not fast yeah so i think too i've learned that like plans don't work out the yeah. way you think they're going Absolutely. to so yeah. i'm just like trying to f- i'm figuring it out as i go right now which love it i think i don't want anyone in law school to feel like that's not okay because yeah. i think especially as type a people that's you know, big planning thing. I lived by an agenda, lived and died by my agenda in law right. school. So, yeah, it's like learning to let things go a little bit, you know, let learning things happen, learning yes. that things are going to pop up in your life mm-hmm. and you just have to take it by stride and yep. just go for it. You Absolutely. Know? Oh, for sure. Life is going to happen no matter what profession you're in, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. Oh, yeah. This has been great. Um, I, I would say, like, if people want to follow you, like, you know, oh, gosh, what's no. your Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my Instagram's private, so I don't know if anybody really wants to look at it. But, I mean, if if you want to follow me, go for <laughs> it. I'm pretty sure it's just my last name, first name, so Linehan Lauren. Um, I think. That's sad. I don't think I've ever, ever, like, given out my Instagram before. Well, you're famous now, so. Oh, my gosh. Is this, <laughs> is this what the Gen Z does? Oh, like, yeah. That's what I heard. They're gonna, they're gonna, yeah, the, yeah. Is this what they do? It's the Instagram. They're like, do, but, you have, do you have your little QR code? I can scan you. Oh, like, my gosh. Yeah. That's, like, a thing now. Where what? people, like, meet each other and they'll be like, Stop. oh, here's my QR code. And it has, like, it's like their business card. No, Samantha. I haven't told you this yet, but that's what my brother got me for my birthday. My, my Gen Z brother. Got you a, a, a QR card, code? a card, and it's like you show it to them, and then they can have Get your, your business card. And it's okay. Like, that's actually kind that's of kind of cool. cute. I can show you guys. Also, too, the cool part is that uh, it's called Dot. Dot. Yeah, and you just hold it up, and uh, I put our all of our social media and our website. You know, 
he was like, now nah, you can tell everybody about ladies who lost school. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. It's also, true. Like, I can't stop looking at y'all's merch. It is so cute. So Ooh, everybody stop. get in and look on their merch because it's really cute. Right? <laughs> it's no, really like, cute. Thank you. Because every time I'm like, I need this coffee mug. And I'm like, you don't need another coffee mug. But I need another coffee <laughs> well, mug. luckily for you, all of our guests get free gifts. So <gasps> yeah. we do have a gift that I'm bringing That's in on so Monday for you. So <laughs> you'll be, I hope you like it. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to love it. And I hope you like RBG. So... <laughs> Is, yeah. is that a question? I'm, I'm a white female lawyer. Do we think I like RBG? Like, I, yeah. The answer is absolutely. Yeah, it, that, that just happens. But yeah. like, we also need to remember she wasn't always the best person to minorities. Let's try to, you know, yeah, we, we don't want to raise her up. We have to too much. also, you know, call into everyone's past, present, future. Yes. Yeah, yeah I get exactly. it. She cool. is not a god. She was just a judge that did some really cool stuff. Yeah. That's true. For, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Oh, my goodness. So I've been thinking about whenever I asked her specifically, you know, like, what if you're not doing that well? Or what if the grades aren't panning out? You know, like, basically, what do you say to all of us out there who aren't? thriving immediately as soon as they step into law school, you know, but there's something to be said about the amount of time she put in, you know, um, I've been talking to one of my friends and colleagues that I've made while working at the firm and she is starting law school and the amount of time you have to put in, right? Lauren talks about that and in her bar studies as well, just, you can't discredit the time that really has to go in to be successful in this profession and in law in general, just to learn and pass the bar exam and be successful in law school. I am currently feeling that while studying for the MPRE. <laughs> but you are putting in the time and that's all that matters. Right. Um, honestly, talking to Lauren, some of what she said kind of reminded me of our episode with Elizabeth Freeman. She's a very, uh, we'll link that below so you guys can listen to it too. Um, she was like at the top of our class, our 1L. So we interviewed her and kind of asked her, you know, like, what did you do to get these grades? And it's all about really putting in the time. Um, you can choose how much time you put in, but definitely the people that are putting a lot more time in, they tend to have good results. And I know that we both in our studies have realized like slow and steady studying and really making sure you understand the information. It takes time, but it works out better in the end that way. Absolutely. Shout out, preach all the things I need to hear. All right, guys. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this interview we will be taking a short two-week break to rest and prep ourselves and get ready for our last year of law school. Woohoo! Hell yeah! Yeehaw! All the things, guys. Like, oh my goodness, I can't believe we made it. So, with all that being said, I think what I am going to do because I know you guys are going to like miss our voices these next two Mondays. What I am going to do is on the Instagram, if you follow us at Ladies Who Law School podcast, I'm going to post some of our old episodes that I think that you guys should listen to if you haven't yet. I'll post some of our most popular ones just so you know you can like get in the loop. And yeah, 
basically, we hope that you guys have a good next two weeks preparing for school to start. I know that we're excited. I know that I need to still like buy books and stuff. Definitely haven't thought about that until I just said that now. So going to get on that. Also, to all of our zero L's out there, I know that you requested, some of you guys requested our tips and tricks. And just like Samantha said, we will highlight some of our favorite episodes and episodes we think will be the most useful. Use this time to get caught up and listen to all of season two because we have some serious trials and tribulations in that process. And you can just really sink in with the journey and, you know, I hope it gives you a little insight into what to expect. Obviously, we didn't start till a little bit later in our one all year, but like we said, we will highlight some of our different favorite episodes from season one and two below, and we will talk to you guys again soon. See you at season three. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.